Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller and welcome to The Forever Student. Dan Murray Surter is the founder of brain care company Heights. He's also the host of the UK's number one business podcast, Secret Leaders. He's here with us today to talk about mental health, nutrition, brain care, and his journey to starting this amazing company. Dan, welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you, mate. How are you this morning? Very well, this morning for you. I I oh afternoon for you, isn't it? What am I talking about? Six PM now. Six yeah. PM now. The beauty of time um, differences. Yeah. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. I mean, that was very slow of me, to be honest. Uh, I do know that from Dubai. But anyway, um, how am I? I'm having a very nice day, actually. It's been busy, but I for the first time in ages, I went and saw a friend. Um, he's just had a little operation, but you know, we sat in his garden this morning. It's not particularly nice weather, but I wanted to go and be a good friend. So it was quite nice, you know, to get out the house and actually have a sense of purpose and duty for someone else. That's very nice to hear. Yeah, that's nice to hear. It's nice to hear that things are slowly opening up again, uh, especially in that part of the world. So, uh, so these sort of interactions are becoming more common again. I, um, I really wanted to just start off by introducing you to the listeners and, and if you could, Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your personal mission, and then your journey to starting Heights. Sure. So my name's Dan, and I'm the co-founder of what we call a brain care company called Heights. And the reason why I say it like that, and I say this, is because um, we are trying to build an entire category called brain care, because it doesn't yet exist, because we think it's incredibly important that it does exist, and because mental health um, is a term that really polarizes people and has been hijacked uh, negatively, mostly. So when people say mental health, they think about mental health problems and all of the problems associated with curing the sick and depression and loneliness and suicide and a lot of the tragic things that happen in mental health. And there isn't a lot of space or conversation around, uh, you know, prevention and well-being and, you know, how to uh, really take care of yourself so you avoid mental health disasters. Um, so... That's, you know, where my personal energy and effort goes into really at the start of, I suppose, hopefully a 20, 30 year mission of putting brain care in the map, on the map in the world and having all sorts of people talking about how they, um, how they think of brain care and what it means to them. So this is an important part of my, of my life and my journey. And I, uh, you know, who am I? How do I describe myself? Soon to be dad. So I'm having a daughter in August. Uh, currently cat dad, so proud cat dad to two cats, <laughs> Britain's fluffiest cats, in fairness, if you Google them, they're the top result. And uh, I am an entrepreneur and a podcaster, so as I was mentioning to you when we were just chatting, I've got two companies that I'm the CEO of simultaneously, um, Heights being one, and then and my podcast company is called Infamous Media, where we make podcasts, one of those is Secret Leaders. Um, which is the podcast you mentioned, number one business podcast. Um, but I really, I mean, I love podcasts. I love the the medium. And so, you know, but, but just to be super clear there, I have like a management team, people running the show. I'm really, really fortunate there. I've hired well. I don't spend any time actually doing anything in that company other than interviewing the people that I want to interview. So it's basically like I've created my dream job, uh, which is cool. So that is uh, that's my experience in terms of who am I. Um, I am someone deeply fascinated by spirituality and on my own journey to uh, betterment. 
So I'm always on the lookout for anything that can help me make sense of my place in the world, how my values can contribute more towards helping people in society. My cat has literally just turned up to say hello to you, one of them. This is Bells. <laughs> hello. Enormous, as you can see, this is obviously mostly interesting for a video uh, format, not so interesting for audio. Although, Bells, do you want to say hello to anyone? Nothing. Okay. It's like literally the only time ever she's not meowed. Classic. Anyway, um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm deeply curious by spirituality um, and the way that I sort of, you know, my Instagram you know, one-liner, so to speak, is entrepreneurship, mental health, and spirituality, because those are the three things that really govern my life. And I say that until I have a daughter, in which case I'm pretty sure the fourth one's going to be nappies. So, so I mean, firstly, congratulations on, on, um, on, on about to be a father. The, the, the second thing that I'm curious about is when did this um, curiosity about spirituality and mental health start for you and, and how did it start and, and, and sort of how have you deep dived into it after, after that curiosity? So I was never a spiritually interested person, particularly. I've always been interested in mental health. Um, I have mental health in, uh, issues in my family. My uncle is a schizophrenic. My grandma died of Alzheimer's. So like it's been around me, you know, in a curious sense. Um, but like this all being said, like I, I was pretty lucky with my mental health in general. Um, but my, when my father passed away, I went into a depressive state, which is pretty standard, really, if you lose a parent. But I was in a six month period of pure um, nonchalance to life and afterlife and everything else. My dad was actually quite spiritually in tune. He believed in more than this. I just didn't. And consequently... The reality is after he passed away, I was, um, yeah, in a difficult spot. And actually the truth is I went for dinner and uh, a, like a random dinner with some random friends and someone was there. I started talking about this thing called ayahuasca and I'd never heard of it. And, you know, it's a spirit, it's a, it's a plant medicine, essentially. It's really just tree sap, like what it is. Um, but I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what anyone was talking about. They're like, do you want to come to a retreat? And I was like, um, I will do anything to stop feeling how I feel, to be honest. You know, I will do anything to start feeling again is another way of putting it. So I, I went and it was 100% the most meaningful thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I'm not, you know, promoting that anyone, you know, it is still technically, you know, an illegal substance in most countries although shamans which these were do have legal licenses for administering it but yeah it's worth saying that you know for me it was the most meaningful thing I've ever done in my life it helped me find a sense of purpose and 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 connectedness and this is the thing my experience was really about seeing the world as uh seeing seeing myself as a microscopic speck of irrelevance in the grand beauty of the universe which you know, could potentially, and does for some people, could potentially turn your world upside down into even more loss and sadness about how insignificant you are because the ego death that you could have from something like that is so tragic. Whereas for me, it connected me so deeply to nature on a level that I'd never felt before, so connected to my brothers and sisters all over the world. And, you know, I really, really, really did a 180 that night and I came back and I felt so completely fulfilled curious 
passionate to start making a dent on the world in some kind of respect. And I think the moment that that happened to me, uh, something really interesting I think I learned as well, which is, is relevant for whatever you do in life, which is my biggest fear going into that. And I have a funny fact for you. Um, my biggest fear, and I kept saying this to my friend that I went and did it with, I was like, I, I'm open to doing this stuff, right? But like, I am running a company. I was running a different company back then. I am a bit worried. You go on Friday, you do this thing Friday night, you do this thing Saturday night, you come in Sunday, and I don't care about my work anymore. Like, what if I, on Monday, me, Daniel, doesn't care about cats, Arsenal, and my work? I was like, those are my three things that I was like worried about at the time. That's what I said. Um, which he found really funny. I was like, I'm not joking, but like, I don't mind not caring about Arsenal, but I can't come back and not care about my cats or work anymore. It's going to be a real problem. Um, and it's fair to say over the years, I've become increasingly less interested in Arsenal, but I've, I've maintained my passion for my work and my cats. Um, but yeah, the, the reality that I, I learned in that experience was um, you don't change who you are overnight from these experiences at all. In fact, the nature of changing who you are in the first place is based not on what you learn, but on how you behave. And so I learned all these amazing things about how connected I felt to society and how much I really did care about the world and the earth and the universe and nature. And, you know, I, I, grew, up, I grew up in London. So yes, it's the greener city in the world, apparently. And I, I mean, it feels like it. There's parks absolutely everywhere, but it's not like I grew up in the countryside. Um, so, you know, I have an urban upbringing. So to suddenly be even more connected to nature was nice. But, um, you know, waking up to a new reality is not the same as living it. And so the thing that I learned by the Monday and then even more crucially by the Friday is that who you say you are and how you work towards continuing to be that person are two very different things. And you can have a really aha come to Jesus moment and you can have many of them in your life. But um, it really is the practice of doing those things that makes all the difference. And, and that's the most interesting and challenging part of whether, whether you find spirituality or whether you find insights in, you know, a psychedelic experience like ayahuasca, a book, um, a mentor, whatever it is, it really is the deliberate practice that makes all the difference. And so the reason I say this is because, you know, I, um, I learned that, you know, being spiritual, so to speak, is... You know, you can say you are, I, as, in, as in I literally would never have said those words in my whole entire life up until that experience. I'd have been like, ugh, go away, weirdo. Like genuinely would have repulsed at it, which is almost why I'm comfortable, so comfortable saying that I am it because I understand the flip side, that that is incredibly repulsive to most people. Um, but I'm willing to own it. Um, I'm willing to own it because it's a sense of identity. And identity is something that you own when you're trying to build habits. And to build habits towards being more spiritual, well, that's all just about really like trying your best to be more present where you can, trying to quieten your ego as much as you possibly can, but not to the point of silencing your ego, to the point of just saying, oh, where is that thought coming from? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it actually, you know, does it actually say anything about me? And the reason I'm going on such a rant on this is because this is what I've learned to be some of the most effective ways to manage mental health problems. Uh, my own mental health. Um, that doesn't work for everything. So 
Um, I have experienced, and we can talk about it for sure, I have experienced really acute insomnia and anxiety, and this stuff was useless for that, <laughs> sadly. Um, but it works for feeling depressed. It definitely works for negative self-talk. Um, it definitely works for imposter syndrome, feeling worthless, feeling lonely. I mean, obviously, the best thing for if you feel lonely is, of course, to connect with someone else. But, you know, the point is being able to tap into a sense of presence, which comes from, in my opinion, like the practice of being spiritual and not, and, I, and I'm as bad at this as anyone, by the way. So this is what I mean. I like constantly ch- check myself out, like checking my phone whilst I'm brushing my teeth. And I will ask myself, I'm like, how spiritual am I being right now? One to 10, zero, because I can't even brush my teeth and be present. I have to be scrolling Twitter. So what's good is I have this like sense check. Because I'm like, is this a spiritual activity? And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm glad I remembered that. No, it's not. I'll put my phone away, right? And then I'll just brush my teeth, which sounds absurd. But that is like in my mind, how I identify being spiritual is just being more present in the moment, right? Just being happy to accept the thing that I'm doing right now. So these are practices that can really, really, really help in mental health. Um, And the great thing is a lot of it can be learned in books. Right? You don't need to have these like insanely psychedelic experiences. You can learn some of these things in books or podcasts or engaging with interesting people on social media that have these thoughts and are building these tools up themselves. Um, and I very much believe you know you are the product of your environment as well. So as soon as I realized that that was something I was interested in, you know, I started to delete people off social media who were like toxic entrepreneurs that just talk about money. And actually, I want to be, you know, filling up my social media feed more with people that talk about health and wellness and frailty, mental health, the fact that they're imperfect, what they do, you know, to quieten those voices. These are interesting people who are sort of slightly further along in their journey than I am. I can take inspiration from. So it is a very long winded answer. But, you know, these are the sort of um, moments in my life and then thereafter the tools that I've sort of started to try and build to make myself a little bit better every day. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. And actually, thank you for taking the time to, to, to talk through that. One of the things that I've realized is you'll have many of these glimpses in your life. So for you, the ayahuasca trip, I've had several of these where, you know, I went to a... Um, a monastery in a Buddhist monastery in Nepal and spent 10 days of silence and the glimpses that you get day in day out and the breakthroughs that you get from a mental standpoint whether you call it spirituality or you just call it whatever it is that you uh, however you want to label it you 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 get these inspirations now the key thing is is to act upon those inspirations right and to basically build value adding habits that are in line with that um and doing that through perseverance, frankly, because it's something that is not always easy, uh, implementing new habits, implementing new routines, um, knowing what's good for you, but potentially you know, going against it. I, I find that once you do do that, once you do build those habits, you, you start building the self-awareness. And the self-awareness will then lead you to understanding, like what you said, you know, what should I pay attention to? Being more present, um, not doing two things at once. And when I do do two things at once, understanding that I'm doing two two things at once and accepting it. But for you, what I'm curious to hear is when when you got back or maybe even a little bit after, how did you act upon what you learned 
how did you transfer that curiosity into into something a bit more concrete? Yeah, uh, I mean, one of one of the best examples that I love to show people is right here. Is one of my insights that I had on on ayahuasca was about how much I had. I'm sorry, not everything, by the way, comes back to ayahuasca. It just happens to be this is a good example um, because I um, I spent a lot of my time thinking about myself. So you know, my intention going into an experience was how can I, um, how can I, uh, be more, get more, do more, you know, like the classic entrepreneur questions that you ask of yourself. And then the lesson that I got in my, in my psychedelic experience was you already have more than most people. You have enough, like you, the only thing you need to learn more is gratitude. So if you are able to access and tap into real gratitude, not just like wanky, wishy-washy gratitude of like, oh yeah, cheers, thanks for, I don't know, rain today or whatever, right? Like actual, genuine, heartfelt, think about how lucky you are just to have woken up and what a gift life is and how so many people don't. If you can just start there, you will find yourself eventually getting all of those things you wanted anyway, right? This was, excuse me, this is sort of the lesson that came to me in my experience. So you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So basically I'm asking the wrong question. And if I go back to core principles of what it is to be a great human being, I need to be more thankful. Okay, well, this was on my third or fourth or whatever, fifth maybe time of doing ayahuasca. So by this point, I already knew that the lessons you learn is one thing, but doing them and putting them into practice in your life is another. So this lesson felt so powerful to me. I was like, what is the way that I can definitely make sure that I wake up every day and remember to be grateful and take this lesson into me? And so I did this. I literally wrote myself a note there and then, like on a shitty piece of paper, because I had this notebook with me. So this is as simple as it is. It was just a page cut out of a book. I folded it over and I wrote, I'm thankful for waking up today. Uh, and underneath it says, my intention today is. Um, that is in front of my desk every single day and has been for years. And it's a simple reminder because, um, like we mentioned, you need to build a habit. So I don't just go from learning something really deep in a psychedelic experience on a Friday and then five Saturdays later still think, you know, no matter how shit a night is, I, I've had sleep or the problems I might have had in my life, I won't naturally wake up and feel that way, guaranteed. But this is what I was trying to do. I was trying to build a habit of, no, no, I want to be the guy who is grateful, genuinely is grateful that he woke up today, every single day, no questions asked. How do I do it? Well, if I write that note and I make sure it's by my bedside table, which it was for the first year, because this is a few years ago now. Um, if I do that, then I will be the guy who's woken up every single day and said, I'm grateful for waking up. So it's literally by my bedside table. I wake up, it's the first thing I see. So no matter how bad I felt, the first thing I see is this note I wrote to myself, which is my own commitment of the thing that I want. So it's really interesting because I, um, I, I, I hacked a habit, essentially, and I didn't leave anything to chance. I didn't leave it to myself to hope that I have a habit, that I build a habit. That's useless. That's too much hope on myself. I know myself better than that to imagine that I'm going to wake up feeling that way. So... I shove it in front of my face. It's the first thing I see. I literally put it over my alarm clock. So I had to even access it. I don't use an alarm anymore. But when I did, you know, this is me 
you know, moving the note away from the alarm clock just to make sure it's like a blocker in the way of me even being able to wake up properly. So this is a perfect example and analogy in general for how to be the person that you want to be, which is I, you know, everyone's a work in progress. But the first thing, you know, you need to do, not necessarily define all of your values or your purpose. I think when I hear people say that, I think that can be quite stressful for people that are very far away from that journey. But I think like all change, it starts with one thing. So what is one thing that you would like to start working towards that is going to be a meaningful endeavor for you to do? And think about why why would, if, if I become more of X, that type of person, where will that you know, impact my life. But something like gratitude, it's totally possible for your listeners to be listening and be thinking like, oh, this painful wanker is like really making a big deal out of this gratitude thing. But, you know, for me, it's like, there are so many different areas at which being more grateful as a person are going to manifest itself well. My wife will appreciate me more because I'll appreciate her more. My mum, you know, we all have parents that we often overlook the magnitude of how they've looked after us. Like gratitude has been a massive thing in making me a much nicer son to my mum. My uh, my work colleagues, you know, the work that I'm doing, like instead of being like, oh God, I've got this work. It's like, no, I've got, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm lucky that I'm doing this work. Like a lot of people don't have work. So it's like a core reframing and it doesn't have to be gratitude. My point is identifying one thing and then saying, this is the one thing that I'm going to try and build a habit of over the next three months. And this is the simplicity of how I'm going to do it and just see how it manifests in your life and see how that one thing creates a better behavior change. That's a like a perfect, perfect example. And, you know, I've got a few. I've built up a lot of habits, brain care habits, unsurprisingly. So literally things that I wasn't doing three years ago on a daily basis whatsoever. They were alien to me and I didn't care about them. And then I had really bad insomnia and anxiety. Um, so now these are like my daily habits and they're incredibly important to me. And I know that if I do them, I feel great. I feel sharp. I wake up with energy. I sleep deeply. Um, the people around me enjoy my company because I'm nice to them, you know, all of these different things. And I have some space and time to, you know, read and think about how, you know, I can make a bigger impact in the next period. That's the other thing, right? Is like having some headspace to actually think about what you want to do and where you're going. So again, I know that's a slightly long answer, but like, I think the, the true answer to your question is, is about identifying a thing to improve on and focusing on that one thing and where everyone gets habits wrong and where everyone gets behavior change wrong is January the 1st, I'm going to do all of these things. And no one ever does all of the things, no one, including the most perfect people. We're just not wired to do that. So picking one thing is absolutely the hack to life. And if you manage to change four or five things about yourself positively uh, in a year, you have nailed it. That's really impressive. So that's how I, you know, it's a massive change from how I used to be as well. But that's how I know it's working. It's because I'm not yeah. taking on too many changes, just I'm identifying the right ones and I'm making sure that they are habits that become my personality. And when I feel like I am the person that I'm wishing to be, or slightly more like the person I'm hoping to be, um, because I'm doing that, then I will start to think about a new habit I'd like to take on and how that's going to manifest itself in my life. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. I, from Speaking from experience, I also know that make the habits or make the goals achievable, right? Like, and specific, like don't make them these vague, grandiose goals that you're setting, whether it's on December 31st or on, you know, on April 10th, 
make them achievable and make them specific. And, and one thing that's going to do is just take the pressure off. And the second thing is, uh, and, and I would love to actually hear your, your thoughts on this. I speak to quite a few people that are looking for their purpose. And I think we're sort of in a society where there's a lot of pressure to find your purpose. My take on this is, is rather than looking for your purpose, look for your curiosities, right? Like chase the things and go after the things that you're actually curious about and, and see where that takes you, right? And, and yes, of course, you need, to be, you, need to, you need to be resilient with it and you need to persevere and like, you know, shit might happen along the way that, that you don't expect. But I think when you're, when you're going after your curiosity, um, that makes much more sense than, than looking for your purpose. And another thing is like, I, I believe that your purpose is something that changes forever, right? Like your purpose a few years ago might have been like start business X and, and scale it. While in a few months, your purpose might be be a good father. And that then shifts continuously. And then when your daughter graduates college and she's out of the house, you know, it's, it's, it's a different purpose once again. So I would love to hear your, yeah, I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, I, I mean, two points that just jump at me quickly. One is that um, I think your, your, people talk about passion and purpose a lot, right? Now, your passion is something that's for you. But your purpose, really, if you're doing it right, is something that is for others. So your purpose should be something that you're getting pleasure from, but is actually having an impact on other people as well. So there's sort of like magical flywheel effect. But your purpose, your passion can be something that you're doing. So like your passion is podcasting, or I'll speak more personally, my passion is podcasting. Uh, I enjoy podcasting. It's great. It's not my purpose. Um, my purpose might be sharing, uh, you know, inspiring stories of people to help them along in their business, for example. And the passion would be podcasting. So the way that I actually get there through doing that is through podcasting, but the purpose is wider. And, you know, the passion can change, but the purpose can stay the same. And then similarly, you know, for me, my, my actual passion is entrepreneurship. Like when I break it down, like my passion is building. Like I love, I'm a creator. I love building. I happen to be creative. So I lean into that and I love like, you know, the idea of bringing things into the world and, you know, adding values to people, that's entrepreneurship. So that's my passion. But you couldn't say my purpose was entrepreneurship. That doesn't make sense. So for me, you know, my, my journey on entrepreneurship has been towards discovering my purpose. And I feel like I found it with brain care on the basis of, I feel that's an enormous mission, an enormous thing that can um, make an impact on people's lives and is all about helping people, you know, take steps along their like everyday steps in their life to look after their brain the physical organ which will help impact their mental health their longevity their health and well-being all of the stuff that is so important now that is like a purpose i can get behind and the passion the way that i execute it is through building business building entrepreneurship building a brand ultimately that's out in the world and communicating these ideas and hoping that the message spreads so yeah that's one thing i would say to your point and then the other thing that you're um your comment made me think is this brilliant quote by Jim Collins, the great business author. And he said, um, everyone out there in the world is trying so hard to be interesting, but the goal is not to be interesting. The goal is to be interested. And it's so good. Such a great quote. Um, 
And it just really struck, it struck me because we are all out here, you know, in our little corner of the world, in our own little minds, like trying really hard to be interesting and important and everything else. And it's really easy to miss sometimes that actually the more curious you are, the more interested you are, the more likely you are to achieve those things, to get outside your own head, ask better questions. And that stuff will funnel down eventually into achieving something greater. It's just, you know, it all boils down usually to uh, investing in long-term, long-termism over short-termism. Yeah, I like that. It's one of my favorite quotes as well. I think it's there's a lot of there's a lot more to it than than just those few words. You can go very deep into into the meaning of that, uh, which we'll save for another time. I think one one thing that I really want to dive into. You mentioned brain care now a couple of times, and and you also spoke about your mental health struggles, uh, specifically around insomnia and, and, and anxiety. Could you take us through? you know, what that period was like for you and how you eventually uh, pulled yourself out of it or had help to pull yourself out of it? Yeah, for sure. So my um, my journey with entrepreneurship was um, slightly, sorry, my journey with, with, with insomnia more specifically was slightly difficult on the basis of I went through this sort of six month period of not like of having insomnia, but not really sure why, as in it was a very, very, very strange existence of suffering. Um, and I had really chronic anxiety. So my symptoms, by the way, were like, I just couldn't sleep one day. I wasn't really sure why that was the case. And then I, um, it happened again, another night and then another night. And I was objectively happy at this period of time and um, there was no particular reason why this would happen, but it did. And so uh, after five months in this period, I went to a sleep psychologist, sleep therapist. I tried calm. I tried sleepio. I tried, you know, drinking less, drinking more, cutting out coffee, you name a thing. And I did it. And my insomnia was getting worse and worse. And my anxiety, like really chronic anxiety that was coming with it, just started to go into absolute overdrive. Um, you know, I'd be in board meetings, um, you know, I would have to excuse myself because I'd be having a panic attack. It was very embarrassing stuff, right? Because you can't really be running a company when you're just not able to, uh, you're not just, you're just not able to be normal uh, is the honest truth. So in the end, I went for dinner with a friend and she recommended to me that I, uh, which was very odd to me, but she recommended that I went and saw a dietitian, and I wasn't really sure why, but she pointed out, she said to me very commonsensically, which I think now, but at the time I didn't, your brain is an organ. It is literally like a biological organ. You've got a mental health problem. You've just exhausted all of the different psychological ways you could improve it. Nothing's worked. It's quite possible that you have a biological issue. So why don't you see if like your diet might be impacting it and what you can do? So I went to see this dietitian, and she literally diagnosed me within two minutes by just asking what I ate and how I ate and stuff. And I happened to be a vegetarian. And so she was like, you're just not getting enough DHA omega-3 most likely where, you know, all vegetarians will be told about omega-3s that they're getting enough and ALA and all this stuff I won't bore you with. But I was like, she's like, you literally need to supplement DHA. I'm telling you that that is going to make a massive difference. And she was like, because you've got insomnia now, um, I would recommend you do DHA omega-3, B vitamin complex and blueberry extract. And the reason for those things is the B vitamins will give you energy. You're having a spike at 2 a.m. It's really struggling for you to sleep. You need to regulate your energy supply. 
blueberry extract because it needs to clean out your glymphatic system whilst you sleep, which is like in the DHA omega-3, just so you know, your brain is 60% fat, 90% fat, 90% of that fat is one compound, which is DHA. You have been depleting your brain so long of that compound, and the body is amazing because it will find other ways to prop things up. But what is basically happening is your body is giving you alarm signals. It's saying, I'm in desperate need of something. This is how it's going to manifest. It's literally sending an alarm. Your now physical reality is not sleeping to a point where you've gone to see a doctor, right? The doctor's given you sleeping pills. He should have sent you to see a dietitian. You didn't, but eventually you've ended up here. So your body has literally told you this is a serious issue because you are depleted. See what happens. And I was like, that was a pretty good analogy. Fair enough. That makes loads of sense. <laughs> and, you know, a week into these supplements, um, which she prescribed me. So she was like, don't go to the high street and get cheap ones. You need to get expensive ones because actually most supplements, the thing that most people do not know about supplements is they, they technically really all cost the same. They're actually very expensive supplements, generally speaking. But if you ever buy supplements for like 10, 15, $20, you know, you are just getting half as much, sometimes a 10th as much as what you get in ones that you're paying a lot for. So there is, the like good quality ingredients are expensive. And she told me if I go to, and this is in the UK, right? If I go to Boots or Whole Foods, sorry, if I go to Boots or Holland and Barrett, then, you know, I spend 10 to 15 pounds on these. They won't have enough of the ingredients that I need. I need the right amounts according to science and they'll just put the minimum amount in according to the marketing claim. So go to these expensive places and spend. And so it cost me 110 pounds, which is a lot of money on three different supplements. But she's like, this is going to make a difference. Within a week, sleeping like a baby no anxiety, mind blown about the impact, about the nutrition, mostly that she was so determined that it would work and that it did was what really surprised me the most because it was so obvious. And then I called her and I'll never forget, I called her with sheer glee and excitement and gratitude about how she basically solved a massive problem in my life and she's a hero. And she was basically just a bit exasperated because she was pretty much just like, <sighs> yes, I know. I told you it would work. Right. And so it's like annoying because for her, it's like, this is her medical profession. She knows that this works, but for people like me who are skeptics and don't come into contact with this stuff and think of supplements as crap and think that this stuff's all nonsense. And the only way to cure a mental health problem is, you know, with therapy or talking to someone. Um, it's so far removed from our sphere of what we think might be able to help us look after our brains and our mental health. And so for me, I was like, that's an amazing entrepreneurial insight because here we have like a, an actual scientifically proven, as I then learned by reading science papers, scientifically proven way to improve your brain health, mental performance, mental health, overall well-being, etc., cetera, um, which is through nutrition. And that these supplements made that much of a difference to me would meant that I was like a test case that I actually knew that the impact was there to back up the science papers too. And I was like, but most people do not know this stuff. And then when my curiosity came in, I was like, well, actually, if you think about it, that's not too different to like a lot of other categories in the world. For example, we know that eating too much sugar and not exercising is going to make us sick. But hey-ho, fast food chains, yes. And like reading a book about going running, like that. So, you know, who gets us running? Nike gets us running by creating a really cool brand and a culture around it and a community and gets you excited about the idea of running. Like, we know that moving and stretching and being like lovely and in your body and zen and meditative, etc., is great, but no one's going to a fucking ashram 
generally speaking. Lululemon, cool brand. Like, let's go and look really interesting and cool and spread the word and go in these like massive community spaces and do yoga together and make it really energetic. And I was like, there are so many examples actually in society where we do really know X is good, Y is bad, but we do those things anyway. And who helps us create the change? It's really, really well executed brands who create tribes of people that follow what they say, spread the word, spread the movement. That's actually that example, especially in health and well-being is literally like proven throughout the world. So this was like the moment where I was like, my God, there's like an amazing opportunity here to think about um, a new category, which is, you know, like I say, brain care, because what I noticed is the big impact, the big problem is a lot of people will take something and they will think like, is this a quick fix, right? I have a problem today. I want to take your pill and I want to be fixed. I want this to be like limitless. And we're like, no, that doesn't exist. Everyone will market you that thing, but it doesn't exist. Again, short term over long term. So if you're here for the quick fix, you're in the wrong place. And by the way, you'll consistently look in the wrong place until you eventually come to the long-term thinking. And you'll realize that over the long term, we're talking one to three months, you take our product, you markedly feel a difference, and you'll notice it and you'll continue taking it for life. But we try and churn away the people who are there for the quick fix initially anyway. Because um, it's just like, there's no point selling them on that. It doesn't exist. So where I got into the thinking was, who does that really well? And I was like, you know what? Actually, these, these industries do exist, like skincare, hair care, nail care, oral care. These are all places where you will take an action today, like brushing your teeth, but you don't get whiter teeth today. You don't get anything today. You just do it because it's like your teeth are decaying. Over a period of time in your life, your teeth are decaying. It's a fact. So you need to brush your teeth because if you don't, you will cause pain later and you will go to the dentist and you will cause yourself massive bills and there will be great expense and huge amounts of pain if you don't do a little bit every single day. Well, got some facts for you, but your brain is literally so much more important than your teeth. And yet no one has bothered to think about the little bits of action we could do every day to take care of our brain even though there's a lot of them, according to science, that are little habits that we could do every day. And the product that we make is in nutrition, yes, but also, you know, a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of breath work, little things though, not like, you know, you've got to go for a run for an hour. You know, we don't subscribe to that. It's not even true. You just have to do little things, five, 10 minutes, little actions every single day. That'll do more for you than trying to be perfect for a period of time and then giving up on the whole thing, which obviously is what a lot of people can relate to doing. Um, so anyway, that was a, a sort of insight at the time that these industries exist. It just doesn't exist in brain. So we're here to create a care category around brain. We have our launch product, which is this smart supplement. But we, you know, we're really, we're building a community. We've got a massive newsletter. We've got 50,000 weekly readers of our newsletter. Um, which is called the Sunday Supplement because I ran out of clever, witty names. And, um, and we are developing our, our second product at the moment, which is a psychobiotic. So it's a really like powerful probiotic for the gut and mood cognition, which has been in product development for the last two years and hopefully on track to come out by the end of this year. Um, but we're also bringing out physical products. We've got a journal that we've been developing over the last year to help people create healthy brain care habits. So, you know, you can sort of see like the way that the brand is, is manifesting and moving to create different touch points that will actually help people take care of their brain. So that was 
a year and a half ago, no, two years ago when I started writing the newsletter, to be honest. The product has been out for just over a year. Um, we are growing nice and quickly. We've just uh, hit a million pounds of uh, annual revenue, which is good. So now we're like at an inflection point where we're starting to grow because it's all direct to consumer. So we've been very specific about just selling on our website because we've got dietitians and nutritionists in our team that help do customer support. Um, we've got, I'm very proud to say, like our values are very clearly identified as a company. Um, we have really great aftercare support. So if you become a customer, like the number one thing that everyone says is like no one, like we are the best. I'm biased, of course, but the best after the point you're a customer. Like you can email and get nutritional information or neuroscientific information or mental health information, whatever. Once you're a customer and we have people on the team that will help answer these things professionally for you. So we really think about that customer experience after you've become one, right? Because that's where the real magic happens. You're on a journey to improving your brain's health. And we want to be on that journey with you, improving this. And I think the customer journey is super interesting because once you have decided that you are interested in taking care of your brain by becoming a customer, which is the biggest hurdle, most people land on our website and they're like, what the fuck is brain care? Like, I've never heard of this thing. Like, cool pictures and photos, but like, I, I'm out, right? That's most people. But once you've, so it's a huge step to decide to become a customer of something like that because it's just new, basically. So this is a very early adopter market. But once you are a customer, our retention rates are phenomenal. So you know, the supplement industry in general, the retention rate's terrible. It's about 25% retain after the first month. So 75% of people drop off. Our retention rate is 96% month on month. So the complete opposite. But that's because we spent, you know, in team building, we spent the first 10 months of our team hiring no one in marketing and only product, customer service, community, nutritionists, and dietitian. So all of the thought went into how you keep a customer, not how you get a customer. Um, and it's working. So like for us, this is like how you build a really like powerful brand that's really deeply invested in brain care. And we get to learn with our customers as well about what's working, what's not, and help us think about our product development as well. That's a very long answer, I'm sorry. No, that's absolutely fine. I think it's it's fascinating what you're doing and, and just a few comments on that. One is your you're effectively solving a problem that very many people have, but very many people have also the lack of education or the lack of awareness as to what steps to take in order to, uh, in order to effectively rid of their anxiety or, or insomnia or whatever it is. And sometimes it's a very easy step. Like it is nutrition and it, and it is potentially a supplement. Sometimes it could be something completely different. Um, and, and what I love about your product is that it's 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 premium it's premium ingredients it's one pill rather than i'm just looking at my my supplement cupboard which has like eight different supplements that i'm that i'm currently taking in the morning in the afternoon in the evening um and the good thing about having premium ingredients is it's not just i want to call it expensive pee you know like it's oftentimes not oftentimes but but there are so many, it's so easy to put a supplement out in the market and it's so hard to understand which ones are good, you know, and it's, and it's hard to understand which ones are actually going to be good for you or not. So your product is, is solving a big problem. It's, it's affordable, which is also something that is extremely important, especially in the climate we are in today. And, and finally, it's accessible, right? Like you, I can order it here in Dubai. 
And it's a subscription model, so you don't have to worry about renewing. So, so all these things I think are, are fantastic and you're, you're really solving a, a really great problem. What, um, where can people find out more about, um, about your company and, and potentially interact with you or your company uh, moving forward? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, you can find the company. So the company is called Heights, but it's going to be a while before we can buy that domain. <laughs> so until then, it's yourheights.com, as in reach your heights. And uh, so it's yourheights.com, and it's at your heights on all social media. And then uh, as for me, I'm at Dan Murray Serta on all social media as well. Um, and, you know, we're... You know, if you're interested in, in learning more about brain care specifically and like how we think about it, you can go to yourheights.com forward slash brain care. Um, we create really educational PDFs as well that link back to science papers and stuff. So you can get one there on brain care. Um, but I mean, you can even Google brain care and, you know, we come up obviously top in all of those things as well, given that we invented it. Um, it's not that not been that hard. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely the best ways to access it. Fantastic. I, I, I want to, one, obviously, thank you very much for your time today. I think in the short time we've had together, we've learned a tremendous amount. Uh, secondly, we'll, we'll be sure to, to link uh, your website, uh, your personal Instagram profile, which is extremely inspiring as well, along with some very interesting articles that I've been reading um, as a result of, of just being on yourheights.com. So, Dan, thank you very much for being here. We're, we're very, very grateful. Amazing. Thank you so much, Stefan. It's been a pleasure, mate.